We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Football is back. AB is now with New England. Levy on the Jets. OBJ and Jarvis Landry have teamed up again in Cleveland and are hoping to get their first win. One thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm placing my bets this season. My bookie is the place to build football every weekend. It has better bonuses and more profits than any sports book, period. My bookie has live in-game betting for every NFL game, even college as well. So if the game starts up, you can still place a bet. And right now, we got a first deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. So if you put $100 in, you get 100 back. You use the promo code ARMCHAIR. A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, and claim your offer. You bet, you'll win, you get paid. All right, guys, it's Watt Harris here with another Panther Ranch podcast. Happy hump day. I might make it this podcast out today or tomorrow. I may just get out today just to get it out. Um, my um, my brothers at the um, Sermon of Mount Nittany, we're going to try to do a podcast tomorrow for um, you know, a trash-talking one. This is the last game of the series. So we're going to try to get that done. So I can't promise that's going to happen. So don't get your hopes up. But that, I didn't, you know, we have a way of contacting each other, you know, as we collaborate. And I didn't see his message till three days later. And I was like, shit. Because we could have done it, we could have done it way before then. But we're gonna get it. We're gonna figure out and get it done. And yeah, so hopefully we'll have a little fun, you know, a little fun banter as uh, Pitt um, gets ready to take on Penn State this Saturday, the last game of this uh, series. You know, I'm not really too sad that this series is over and. After the way the last two games have gone for in this series for Pitt, I can't wait for this series to be over. I mean, the goal of this series for me was to at least go three and one, and we're going to go two and two if we win on Saturday. And the games that we lost, we got pretty much they weren't close. I mean, game one. Should have never been close. We let them back in it, and we needed a, a late interception to beat them. But the next two games, well, I mean, game two, as we saw, we had no quarterback. Or, you know, at all, we had no, we had nothing. After uh, you know, when we saw Kenny Pickett with Miami, we thought we would. Um, do well this past game, you know, this third game of the series. 
But uh, Pat Narduzzi did the whole, you know, locked the, locked the players out of the uh, media. And what we saw that Saturday is we saw the players came out tight. They made a whole bunch of mistakes. And by the second half, they just gave up. Penn State, you know, rode and got 51 on us. We had no answer for them because, you know, the quarterback play we thought we had just wasn't there. And when, you know, when we let Kenny throw, it was disastrous. And plus, our punting was disastrous. Our field goals were disastrous. Everything that could have went wrong in that game, excuse me, went wrong. And now we're doing this whole, you know, close out the media again. So the media is obviously upset. Me, me personally, you know, if they're mad, they're mad. I just think it's your last game. This is the last time you're going to play Penn State, and it's going to be the, probably for a long time, probably decades. So why not let the players talk? Let them talk, and if they're going to talk trash, let them talk trash. Just as, I mean, just as long as they back it up. And if they still get their asses beat, well, so what? what I mean, what do we lose out of it? I mean, it's not going to be the first instance of a rivalry game where you, you know where your players talk trash and then get beat. So, you know, let them talk, and if they're going to you know talk noise, let them talk noise. You know, make it make it spicy. But no, we're not going to do that. Nope. Instead, our staff, you know. Obviously, they must have acid reflux. They're going to take the safe way out and not make it spicy. I mean, you could just grab a roll of Tums after you're done with all this, but regardless of what happens on Saturday, they may need, they may need some antacids anyway. Terrible. So really, there's next to no coverage of this, and I'm sure the media is trying to find some stories to figure out. But as far as the whole thing goes, when this is over, probably for the next 20 years, it's going to be the same old thing. The coaches talk about, you got one coach saying the game she played every year, and the other one saying, well, gee, we would love to play the game, but we just can't fit in our schedule. This is pretty much going to be the endless cycle like it was before the series got renewed. It's going to be the same old, same old, and there's really, I mean, I think after this, you know, Pitt fans should just really move on from this. We got West Virginia coming up. They're fun to hate. Go, go hate them. Because this one's over. And to be honest with you, I mean, it doesn't really have that, it doesn't have that intense rivalry as it once did, you know, mainly because we haven't played the game in so long. So I'm not really, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep if this game, if this series is over and doesn't come back. If anything, Penn, Penn State don't have to own the state or run the state. They can coexist as two really good programs, even, you know, even Temple too. And, you know, they can give kids in state options of not going you know, far away from home. 
you know, if the kid doesn't, you know, obviously like Penn State or, you know, Penn State doesn't offer, maybe he gets a pit offer. He goes to Pitt or Temple. Or if the kid doesn't like Penn State, you know, there's, you know, he can, you know if he doesn't like the Big Ten, he can go play in the ACC. If he doesn't like the ACC, he goes play, plays the Big Ten. Or if it's either one, he goes and he plays, um, you know, AAC. So I could see, you know, both programs coexisting. Obviously, Pitt has to, you know, has changed his recruiting territories because there's not as many local kids as, as there once was, and and not to mention the whole entire Rust Belt. There's, you know, at one time Pitt used to get a lot of kids, and then once uh, Lola's uh, places closed, population shifted, and you know that was that. So as we look at uh, Penn Penn State, Pitt comes in one on one or seventeen point dog right now. I'm not too sure. As far as betting goes, how, how which way you go with this? I think it goes. I think it depends on your allegiance, really. If your allegiance is Penn State, you're taking Penn State with a minus seventeen. If you're Pitt, you love Pitt, you're taking the plus seventeen. Personally, I think Pitt could cover because Penn State is starting a fresh new quarterback. Granted, he has two games under his belt. And they were against Buffalo and um, Idaho. Pitt could present him a challenge, and that's what they're going to have to do as a defense. They're going to have to challenge this offense. And they're going to have to dial it up and go out and get pressure on this quarterback because he hasn't really seen anything yet. So Pitt has to get, you know, if anything, because if you give this guy plenty of time, just like Trace McSorley, he's going to pick us apart. I mean, Sean Clifford is his name. He's a sophomore. I think by the end of the year, he may be better than Trace McSorley ever was. He's a, he's a lot more mobile. He can run. And obviously he can throw the ball as well. So it, you know, it, it dawns to no surprise is why Tommy Stevens transferred out of Penn State. Tommy uh, went to Mississippi State to play for Joe Moorhead. And I think around the time of the spring game, they could not commit to a starter, and that's why Tommy Stevens left. And if you watch Sean Clifford play, you can see why he left. Tommy wasn't fully healthy, so Penn State is not just going to give the – and he's had an injury history. So Penn State isn't just going to hand him the starting job when he's been injured a lot. Because what, you know, what, what happens then if he gets hurt again? They're stuck, so they had to you know make it a competition, and it ended pretty quickly when Tommy Stevens left. If anything, Tommy probably saw what Sean Clifford had to offer, and he kind kind of he was one injury away, probably from losing his job. Tommy Stevens is now in Mississippi State, and this past game he got hurt, and they're not sure about his status for this week. So he's he's a star down Mississippi State, but again he's injury issues again. This is why Penn State would not commit to him as their starting quarterback. 
I mean, I know it sounds crappy because he he he's, he did all he's done all they asked him to. But at the same time, you know, Penn State trying is trying to win games. They're trying to develop, you know, their players, and they're gonna pick the guy with a hot hand. And obviously, you know, there hasn't been you know as we saw him now, there hasn't really been much of a drop off with Sean Clifford. I mean, last week against Buffalo, he had he was sixteen and twenty two for two seventy nine. He had four touchdowns, no picks, and he led the team in rushing as well. 11 carries. He ran 11 times for 51 yards. And, of course, he hit a long of 58. So, of course, you can tell he's been sacked a few times. But uh, Penn State as a whole, they rushed for 24 carries for say yards against Buffalo. If you look at that, and, of course, you look at what Buffalo did against them on offense, Buffalo ran for uh, 100, 184 yards. They average the three three yards a carry though, and uh, you know they also moved the ball pretty well against Penn State as well, especially in the first half they did. You know they what they dialed up a lot of quick quick passes, and of course obviously obviously they dialed up some some deep passes. So there was times where they caught Penn State getting a little bit a little over aggressive, and they were they went to, they went to some short short screens. But the, the turning point of that, it was 10-7 Buffalo at halftime, but the turning point came when uh, Buffalo threw the pick six, and that was that. I mean, it was a bad throw. And, you know, Penn State's got defensive backs. They can, you know, they're, they're aggressive. They'll, they'll suffocate you, and they'll jump on And if you make them one mistake, they'll, they'll jump on you. And that's what Kenny Pickett's going to have to avoid on Saturday is making mistakes because they're playing at State College. And they haven't won at State College since Ronald Reagan was president. So I'm thinking about that one. So I can see Pitt covering a 17, but I don't know if I can't really see them winning this game. But uh, Pitt's offense can't move the ball, and that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to move the ball, control the last scrimmage, probably eat the clock as well. Because this offense, this team is no different from you know the Trace McSorley teams. They can strike at any, any, any time. But, like I said, they have not faced the actual defense yet. Pitt's defense has gone better. But last week, as one, one, one of my followers you know, mentioned to me this morning, Hamlin didn't have such a good game with uh, Ohio, and they're going to need him to really be, be dialed in into this game. Because... James Franklin, as we all know, is going to be too merciful on us, and if anything, he will he will do anything in his power to uh, blow us out and probably you know beat the spread as well. Because last week's Buffalo, he barely he barely his team barely covered. He made sure at the end they covered that game. So yeah, like I said, there's just a lot Penn needs to do. Obviously, pressure the quarterback, stop their running game, and of course, we got to move the ball. I mean, we saw some things from Kenny Pickett last week where he was moving the ball, making throws. They weren't perfect throws, but he made them when it counted, and he put the ball where they can catch it. But uh, there were some throws that he made where 
where I saw, especially the ones at the last scrimmage where he was thrown what like to be a wide receiver screen, there was one particular where if, if it was Penn State, they would have picked it off and took it the other way. So he can't get too comfortable. And I just hope Mark, Mark Whipple's in his ear. As far as our running game, we got you know we haven't really had no back has really stood out. Uh, Vincent Davis really stood out this past week, and he obviously I think will get a lot of the carries. But no, none of the running backs have really they haven't really caught our eye, you know, like like Quadri and Darren Hall did. And I can see why Saloon transferred as well because I think you know he probably thought he was better than these guys and. Yeah, because none of them have really caught her eye. And Vincent Davis, he did pretty well this past week. But we're going to need a lot. If he's going to be the guy, we're going to need a lot from him this weekend. Because they're going to be playing us in front of the 107K. And it's going to be loud. And for all you Penn State and Pitt fans watching the game, regardless of the outcome, you're going to have to make sure that you're going to be ready for after the game. You know, you may be too angry from uh, from the outcome, you know, to perform, and you know, you may, or you may just be too too amped up. You know, maybe too many beers, but you got to make sure you're ready. So go to BlueChew.com and get you and use the promo code Chair. C-H-A-R, to get the first shipment on us. It's got the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And you know what? I gave you the wrong promo code. It's armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. See, I almost screwed you guys up with that. So go to armchair and then you get the first shipment. You just pay five bucks. It comes maybe a few days. Who knows? If you order now, you'll get you may even get it right before you drive up to State College. Or maybe if you're up State College, get sent to your, ho- your hotel room. Because who knows? You may want to celebrate later. But you gotta make sure you're ready. So go to bluechew.com, enter the promo code armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A-R. Check it out, guys. All right, so let's get back to the actual discussion. So my prediction, uh, this is a tough one. I really don't see Pitt winning this game. If Pitt wins, this, if Pitt's going to win this game, it's not going to be in a shootout. Because um, I just thought this offense hasn't really done anything to make it seem like it'll be a shootout. They haven't scored in the second half. They've scored only three points in the second half. In their last two games, Virginia shut them out, and they, you know, they only got three points last week against Ohio. So here, one thing, you know, their main hope is to score a lot of points in the first half, and hopefully, and hope the defense shuts them out in the second half. Because there's one thing we're going to need to do is score in the second half, because Penn State is a second half team, and when it, you know, when adjustments are made, they're going to they're going to kill us. But uh, I see, if I had to give us a score, 
I'm going to go... Yeah, that's how I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go in, in my Homer-rific vision. I'm going with Pitt 16-7. Don't ask me how Pitt's going to get 16. I can't see Kessman hitting three field goals, but... God damn it, we're gonna hit we're gonna get seven, we're gonna get sixteen points. In Penn State, we're gonna hold them to seven. Or maybe sixteen fourteen. But no, nah, I like sixteen seven. If Penn State wins, you know, my non-homerific if I'm going with Penn State, I think they will beat us thirty-eight to thirteen. So there you go. If Pitt's going to cover, they're going to win. They're going to win 16-7. If they don't, Penn State's going to beat us by 25. So, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Now let's go around the ACC. We've got North Carolina and Wake Forest on Friday at, at 6 o'clock Eastern time. 5 Central. Wake is a three-point dog in this game. and This is a hard one, but I think, obviously, I like North Carolina in this one. Wake is off to a decent start. I I don't think North Carolina blows them out. I think Wake is going to give them some trouble. So yeah, I like North Carolina that one. Kansas and Boston College. I'm taking. I'm going with BC. I know Les Miles has done some things. BC is a 21 point favorite in this one, but I think you know I think Kansas you know, with, Les, with that defense with Les Miles. I think they they beat the 21. Although they lost to Coastal Carolina 12-7, I think that uh, defensively they'll keep it a close game. But then again, I'm no betting expert. NC State and West Virginia. NC State's a six-and-a-half point favorite. West Virginia got smashed by Missouri last week. I like NC State in this one. They're six-point favorites, six-and-a-half point favorites. I like them in this one. And the over and under is 44-and-a-half. I think I think that goes over as well. Uh, Furman, Virginia Tech. Tech should win that one easily. But then again, Furman took Pitt to several overtimes, I think. Good luck with that. Georgia Tech and Citadel. Georgia Tech will win that one easy. Louisville and Western Kentucky. Louisville won that one. Although, yeah, Western Kentucky, I believe, is Conference USA. But they may give Louisville some trouble, but I think they'll they'll win. I think Louisville wins that one. Miami Bethune Cookham Cookman. Miami won that one easily. Duke and Middle Tennessee. Ooh, this is a tough one. Duke's favored by six and a half. Mm, I'm gonna go Middle Tennessee in this one. Clemson Syracuse after what happened last week. Clemson Clemson's twenty Clemson's twenty point favorites in this one. The only thing I can really think of. What happened last week with Syracuse is maybe they didn't take Maryland all that seriously and they looked ahead to Clemson. But, uh, yeah, Clemson's going to win this one if you're betting money line. But the, the spread's 20 and a half. I'm not so sure. 27 and a half right now. I'm not sure about that. Florida State, Virginia. Virginia's a seven-point favorite. I like UVA in that one. And I think they'll... Uh, They'll beat the seven points as well. All right, top 25. 
Friday, we got Washington State and Houston. That's going to be a fun game, but I think Washington State beats the crap out of the Cougars. Ohio State plays Indiana. Yeah, we know how that how that's going to go. Ohio State's 16.5 point favorites. Don't win that one. Maryland Temple. I like Maryland. Bama plays South Carolina. SEC matchup. I like Bama. Will Muschamp. That's who's coaching them. UCF and Stanford. I like UCF. I don't think Stanford can, you know, unless Stanford can control the uh, flow of that game with the, with their power, with their power offense. I don't see it. USC and BYU. I think USC is four point favorites in this one, and I think USC is gonna. I think USC will, will dial them up. I don't know why I keep. Well, I don't know why I keep saying dial, dial them up. Arizona State, Michigan State. Spurs are fourteen point favorites. I like Michigan State. Not so sure about the spread, though. I think Arizona State will beat the spread because they got more offense than Michigan State does. Iowa and Iowa State, that's the big rivalry game. Somehow they, but for some reason, somehow they find, they always find a way to play it. Iowa's in the Big Ten and Iowa State's in the Big 12, but for some reason, they just figure it out. I like Iowa in that one. Florida, Kentucky. Uh, Florida's been playing pretty good. I like Florida to beat Kentucky. And let's see, some primetime games, anything good. Oklahoma, UCLA. I'm sure maybe like like five or maybe ten years ago this would have been a marquee primetime game. But UCLA's been pretty bad. I think Jalen Hurst is going to destroy them. Texas and Rice. This would have been a marquee game 30 or 40 years ago. Uh, Texas will destroy them. Yeah, there's uh, other than that, guys. There's nothing prime time that's really I, 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 you know, worth you know. Anything after probably six o'clock. Well, there's Clemson, Syracuse. There's a, that's a that's a big that's you know that's obviously a fun game. Well, what well, it was a fun game until uh, you know last week when Syracuse got the crap kicked out of them. But other than that, if you got stuff to do Saturday night. I really, there's really nothing really to stay, we're staying home watching too. So, go, you know, have fun, go to a bar. I'm sure there'll be a game there, you know, you could probably catch it there. Or if you're out betting, go on my bookie or, you know, whatever, wherever you go and play some live bets, have a little fun, make some cash. As, you know, there's the Pirate game, yeah, the Pirate game's this weekend too. I think there's Pirates. I think Pirates are still playing. I mean, does anybody, does anybody care if the Pirates are still playing? I don't think. And then, well, there's the Steelers. They got the Seahawks. Is that, I think, I think it's either a Sunday night game or a Monday night game. I, I really don't care. I mean, it's funny. I used to live and die with the Steelers. And ever since I've been here the last 10 years, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where if I catch the game, I catch it. But usually I'll look at the highlights and see what's going wrong. But as far as the Steelers go, I think they'll be fine. I just think they need to fi- they need to fix some things on offense. It's just when you're when you're receiving corpses is JJ you know is Juju Schuster, and then the, if you look at the rest of the core, it's just a big drop off. And Juju's a hell of a player, but he's not really Antonio Brown. Just yet. 
So I think what Steelers need to do is they need to do they need to do some with their offense, change something up. I don't know. But as you know, Antonio Brown he's with the Patriots, and people are still upset over that, which is given. I totally get it. And there's been a lot of hot takes about it, and you know I'm just kind of I kind of just have breeze right through that because I'm just ignoring it because it's he's there and there's nothing really to get angry about. Although you know Sally Jenkins wrote an article about you know about how about he was like you know tied up to a contract, but that's the thing with these athletes. That's what happens when you sign a contract. So, as you know now, yesterday the big thing was he got hit with a you know a, a civil lawsuit for you know for rape and I don't you know if, looking at this he's obviously not going to go to jail because it's a civil it's a civil suit and looking at the if you, and given his um, his relationship with this person. They obviously could, the reason why it's probably civil in the first place is that you know they couldn't they probably couldn't do criminal against him because of their relationship. They obviously had you know there were some videos released where they were playing with each other and being all friendly and whatnot. You know, obviously, with with that evidence, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to go to a um, you know a criminal you know for a criminal case because she probably is going to have a hard time. You know, putting him behind bars. But this here, it brings all the details to light. And I think, if anything, he's probably just going to settle and, you know, pay her what she wants. So, you know, I don't really see him getting a heavy suspension, if anything at all. I mean, Roethlisberger did sure, but I think now it's, I, I just, you know, Unless some more juicy details come out, you know, you know, we saw the we saw the text messages and things like that. But unless more and more comes out, then I don't see anything. I really don't see much coming of this. Although there was an article well, speaking of this whole thing, there was an article about you know Penn State and Sandusky that supposedly some guy wrote a book about how he thinks Jerry Sandusky is not is uh, is is not guilty of what he did. And I clicked the article, and basically the author read a bunch of uh, John Zeigler um, art, you know, articles, and published a book from it. <laughs> so basically, it took something that you know a conspiracy guy wrote and made into a book. So you know, so that's how that's his premise. I mean, it's like taking something from the Onion and you know trying to make it true. You know, I think what this whole was, what this whole thing is, with the whole Sandusky thing is, there were so many victims that came forward that it, it, it would be hard to prove him not guilty. And there be there, there and if he and if he didn't do it, why was he put behind, bar, behind bars then? I mean, was it something else? Was it, was the state was the state hiding something? Was something you know? There's got to be. I mean, if he's not guilty, then there's got to be other reasons they threw him behind bars like that. But um, I think that whole Sandusky thing is deeply rooted. It's not just Jerry's second mile. There was more. There, there was more players in this whole thing, and I believe he was put to a speedy trial 
So these people would wash their hands of it because there's a lot, you know, a lot more. There was a lot more people that got that were involved in the whole second mile thing. There was the people that ran it that are you know, that are free, that are, that got to leave scot free with no punishment. And there's plenty of politicians and other uh, other high, other high profile people. And you know, obviously, they got no punishment. And I think it's one thing that angers some Penn State people is they pretty much got held accountable for for it all when it was more people involved. Anyway, guys, I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Hell to pit. Penn State sucks. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.